All right, what's going on? Welcome to Canel and Bell, hanging out on a Wednesday. Ton of stuff we got to get to. The Women's yeah. World Cup was in action yesterday. We both watched that. I was dialed into almost the entire game. Kevin Durant, the latest on him as the MRI is taking place today in New York City. Hard Knocks has announced the team. That's they have be better there. MRIs in New York than they have anywhere else? I, I don't know. There, that is isn't a little it, bit different. Isn't it the result reading of the MRI? Probably. MRI I would hope is, so. Is most significant? I would hope. the actual MRI machine? I would think that's why he's going there, to see the experts in the Achilles field, wherever they may be, or some of the best doctors in the world, I would assume, are in New York City. That's why he's going there. Shoot that film out. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you can email you can do that anywhere. Yeah, you could do that. Like you gotta, but they might want to bend on them. They might want to see it, like okay. get, a, get their hands on them right. in place right. there. And it's probably good for their practice. Yeah, they say, hey, Kevin Durant came here to see me. Probably helps them a little bit too. Um, so yesterday we had the World Cup. The Women's World Cup is in action. Uh, it started at three o'clock. I got off my radio show, went right there, grabbed my girls, and said, let's watch. I knew it was going to be a blowout. The right. women's team was a heavy, heavy favorite. Five goals. Five and a half goal five favorite. Five and a half it moved to. Line I, move. Line move. Line move. I took them. I took them to win by five and a half. So as soon as it was six to nothing, yeah, my girls were kind of bored a little bit in the first half anyway. But after it was done, I was like, all right, moved on. Kind of went away. Didn't think much about it. Then all of a sudden, like, I start seeing the score update. Because I thought they would have six or seven would have been, like, the blowout score. Sure. They dropped 13 goals on Thailand, who, by the way, how the heck do they get into the world? I don't. That's a whole other story. But they put up 13 goals. So I'm like, man, that must have been an incredible performance. Kind of didn't give much thought to it. A little bit later, I start seeing some stuff going around online. Right. Some of these celebrations that took place started to create some conversation. I did not see them live. It's probably a better thing I didn't. I didn't love them. I thought it was a bad look for a national team to behave in a way that just like I try to teach my children, my girls, right, how to play sports with two words, with class and sportsmanship. And I thought that was the last thing that was on their minds in that game. What did you have a problem with the actual scoring of that many goals? No, no problem at all with celebration. Although I will say this because this comes up. In any situation. So Alex Morgan scored five goals. Right. Some of them were in the second half. What if she would have gotten hurt and torn her ACL? Like that to me is the, the only thing you could criticize and say, why were some of the starters in when it's yeah. nine, 10, 11, nothing? And again, I don't know how substitutions work. I don't know how many players on the team. If that's typical, then I'm okay with that. I get the score differential comes I, into play. So I don't have a problem with scoring 13. I didn't think, I mean, it's a ritual in soccer. It's part of the whole, it's part of the whole allure of the sport. Like you, you celebrate when you score a goal. Like because they don't score that many, right? And it's a thing. You know, everyone's got their their celebration that they do. So I don't really have a problem with the U.S. I watched the game, the whole game, all the you way did. to the thirteenth goal. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't see any celebration that was outside of the scope of what you'd call normal. I didn't think they were overdoing it. My, my I mean, my questions would be more to the to the like, do you want to keep risking? You know, some of your stars health. Are there, are there other girls that you might want to get in the game? I don't know if they use all three of their subs or not, but are there other, that all they get is three. Yeah. You want, you want to get somebody into the game that, uh, that, that might, you might need to get going questions like that. Do you want to keep risking, um, you know, those 50, 50 balls, people going up in the air and, and further injury. Those were questions for me, but you know, the world cup is played on point differential. Like if there are ties and stuff like that. So scoring the goals, 
you know, that stinks, but what are you supposed to do? You're supposed right. to just knock it around? Right. Like, I, you know, I, I have, you know, I don't know. We play in leagues sometimes, and you've been on, in these things with kids, and, like, no one wants to see a team get slaughtered. But if you're the team that's slaughtering someone, are you supposed to stop playing? Right. I don't subscribe to that. I, no. I, I don't. Especially not at that level. You could make the case for I'm not making league. the case anywhere. I'm not teaching well, would, my kids to stop playing. I'm, right. But in like little league baseball, even in high school, we're supposed baseball, to strike out. No, but you have a ten run rule, like you know. So if oh, well, the game can old, end, right? But I'm not. If my kids have to continue to play, right? I'm not telling them to go out there and right. stop playing. You want them to still get better. They can still be honing their practice. I don't have again. I don't have any problem with the score. Bobby Bowden. We used to get criticized all the time at Florida State for scoring seventy or whatever the right. number was. And Bobby Bowden would be like, well, hey, I put in all this, Correct. this backups. Like, what I'm going to let do? them get work. Have to get so work. I understand that perspective. Um, a couple comments who I tend to agree with. So you had right. some Canada's just going all in on us, cheering KD when he goes down. Right. And then you had a couple <laughs> Canadian soccer players, Canadian national team star Jill Matheson said, of course, in a World Cup, you're not going to hold back. And maybe they have an internal target that they want to meet or they're trying to break the record. But embarrassed is the word for Jill Ellis. I think the way she was leading her team in this one. Jill Ellis, the head coach for the women's national team. Another Canadian star, former Canadian star, uh, Kaylin Kyle, was a little bit harsher, said, For me, it's disrespectful. It's disgraceful. Hats off to high, uh, Thailand for holding their heads high. When was the, I would tell when was the last time that? Canada won a World Cup? <laughs> They've been pretty good. When was the last time they won a Women's World Cup? <laughs> I don't know if they have been in that okay. position. But for me, it comes down to – if. and here's why I would be curious to know if you're, if you're as a coach. Because I really feel like if any team I had ever been on – and I think you have to do – you have to take the score into consideration. Right. Again, if this is goal five or six, I'm okay with it. I think 13 to nothing is the equivalent of 200 to nothing in football. Like you never see this many goals scored. Like there is so, zero. So chance. what are you asking me though? Yes, it was an egregious Do you think, number. Like yes. the number was huge. It was. But it at was, some point, it was ugly. Act like you've been there before, which you have. Alex what if Morgan was, has scored before. Megan Rapino, who I thought was the most outlandish, like, over-the-top celebration because it was the 11th goal. Yeah, like, she went over, slid on the ground, and she's running all over the place. Like, there's a fine line for me, and I thought she crossed it. It was her first goal of the World Cup, though. This World Cup? Yeah, it was her first goal of Of this World Cup. Well, not ever. She's played in multiple World Cups. She's had a lot of success. Like the Olympics, though, bro. Like, you're, 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 you're getting on the board in, in, in a World Cup. That's a big deal. I, I don't, I understand what you're saying to some degree. Um, so while Alex Morgan has five goals yep. on her fifth one, I don't expect her to be out there doing cartwheels and stuff right. like that. But when you're breaking the ice for yourself in a World Cup, I don't care I don't if it's know. the 12th goal or the 11th goal. Like, it, 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 I think it's okay to do that. Um, what about the girls who, who would have been like, they weren't Megan Rapino and maybe let's say she scored the 13th goal of that game. Right. But she's a rookie to the World Cup stage and that's her first, uh, international goal, let's say. You, yeah, would I you think, have a problem with her celebrating it? Uh, it depends. Like, I think it just can be over the top. Like when you get to the sideline after the game, there's other opportunities. I do think you are embarrassing the opponent. And that's where I think on a stage where you are role models for a lot of kids that are out there, mine included. Yeah. Like I, I wasn't watching the game, but if I was, I would have said to my daughters, this is an op, like, don't do that in that situation. I would have been, cause I watched the Alex Morgan's first goal. 
I literally said to him, look how much fun she's having. Look right. how she's celebrating. This right. is awesome. This is why you play sports at that point late in the game. I am telling you, if I was playing Little League Baseball, and I, my coach, I can vividly recall him, and we were up seven or eight to nothing, and I would have hit a home run that was inconsequential, that didn't matter, and I would have run around the bases and pumped my fist and been like, yeah. Like My right. coach would have said, hey, the other team is out there. They're trying their hardest. They're not as good. Don't show them up. And that would have been the same message from Bobby Bowden, from Mike Shanahan, from Dan Reeves. If we were up again, 13 to nothing is the equivalent to 200 to nothing. The only difference is you're playing, you're, you're, you're comparing the World Cup that happens once every what, what is it? A four year thing? Four years, but still. Something that happened. There's a little league baseball season every fall, spring, (laughs) summer, and winter. So here's what's bumming me out is we have to go to Germany to look of an example of what we have to do or how we should act to be good sports. So in the 2014 World Cup, Germany was playing Brazil. Powerhouse, one of the all-time best you know soccer programs out there. They start winning. The first couple goals, they go nuts. They're out there celebrating, doing the airplanes, all the stuff that they do in soccer, which I'm okay with. But when it started to get five, six, seven to one, you know what they did? Thank you. Good job. Hey, shake hands. They re- they, they, we are the very better subtle. Team. We are, yeah, yes. we we the game is over. Let's just get the clock moving so we can really start our party after the game. We ain't Germans. <laughs> Clearly not. Like, Clearly we are not. <laughs> we are not. But I think Germans. that's what's bumming me out is we have to refer to them. Look and let me. Oh, so here's the last. Let me just get this off my. Go chest. ahead, get it off because you're like slamming. I'm, I am. I'm not in the mood for you to come in here All and right. slam. And I got a new I, favorite. Just I have clear. a new fla- favorite player oh, yeah. on that team. Which one? It's Rose. What's her last? Oh yeah, the who had her first goal in the second goal, which was awesome. She had a little. What do you call it? Uh, I was gonna say a firecracker. There's a word. Uh, no, that's the equalizer. There's another word for like a really nice shot in yeah, soccer. I don't, I don't know all the yeah, soccer, okay. soccer terms. I don't know what you're talking. It about. It was awesome. No, yeah. it was really cool. She's tough. Yeah, she's yeah. she's fantastic. What's her last name? He's making saying, get the KD. Oh, get the KD. Oh, my God. She's bad. Uh, she's tough though. I like oh, yeah. her. She's, she's a boss. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I love it. All right. What, what, last, it? Yeah, go ahead. Get her. Last thing. Breathe deep. Abby Wambach. Great, you know, historically maybe yeah. one of the best women's players ever. I think she's a Florida Gator. She is. Not that yeah, that has anything yeah. to do with this. So she came out. She was defending her former, a lot of girls that she played with. Right. For all those that have issues with many goals, for some players, it's the first World Cup goal. That's what you're, you're commenting. Okay, I'm all right with that. And they should be excited. Imagine it being you out there. This is your, their dream is playing and then scoring a World Cup. Celebrate. Okay? She can, she can make that case. I'm yeah. fine with that. But her last line, would you tell a men's team yeah, don't to do not that. score don't or do celebrate? That. that to me is. Yeah, don't do that. It's stupid. Like, have you not watched any sports show in the last decade where we root to, like, how many times have we had the bat flip discussion? Yeah, should you celebrate? Should you not? Uh, you missed Football. the mark. Yeah. Thank you. She missed right. the mark on that. I'll That's the only that. case I had to yeah. say. In any case, all this being said, I'll still root for them. I don't right. have anything against them. Like, right. I just would prefer they didn't. And maybe they'll learn from this. Maybe I did, I did think it was interesting. Like, if we, I know, Coco, you want to move on, but if there's anybody that enjoys soccer, I thought it was, it was interesting the way they played. It, it, Soccer is usually played at less of a pace, like when the ball goes out of bounds. You've seen NBA teams, like our Phoenix Suns teams. We were told that when the ball went out of bounds to a referee, to get over there, flip it back to him real quick, and try to get it in before the other team plays. Right. You don't see that all the time in soccer. Like the pace with which they played. Those girls were playing, or those women were playing with like pace. Mm-hmm. They were getting that thing, getting it back in bounds, even on their corners, which are usually like set strategic pieces where you're going to get everybody in the box, and you're going to the girls going to make a run, and then you're going to cross it across. 
they were putting that thing down in the corner and, and quick touching it in. They they were just Love playing. It. I've never seen soccer played with that kind of like Me neither. That pace. And it makes it exciting to watch. Yeah, it was it pretty makes cool. it more watchable. It cool. Uh for anybody that's thinking it might get more competitive, I don't know if you saw this. So they whooped Thailand, right? right. K- killed them. Who do you think is ranked higher in the world? Thailand or Chile, who they play next? <laughs> Chile. You're loving your I love Chile. It, Chile. It's a, Thailand. <laughs> Thailand is ranked higher in the world rankings than Chile. Yeah. That's insane. It's all you expect another butt kicking out there. I, and I would imagine they'd be a little bit more reserved, honestly. After yeah. the first World Cup game, you probably settle in the emotions we'll see. a little bit. Or yeah. they're kind of coming out defending their actions. Maybe they just keep it going. Uh, let's keep it moving on the show. Yeah. Uh, that's what we do. Uh, Kevin Durant, uh, the uh, results from the MRI we are anxiously awaiting. I think most People assume, and probably rightly so, like it would be incredible if it was just a slight tear or it wasn't as serious as we thought. It would be great news for everybody, for Kevin Durant, the Warriors, the NBA, everybody. But I think most people assume it's going to be a torn Achilles. Those are reports that are coming out from most NBA experts. He's going to New York. You were saying that. Um, Bob Myers uh, had some other interesting comments, said Kevin takes a lot of hits sometimes, but he just wants to play basketball, and right now he can't. Basketball has gotten him through his life. He also um, said Kevin Durant loves to play basketball, and the people that questioned whether he wanted to get back to his team were wrong. He's one of the most misunderstood people. He's a good teammate. He's a good person. It's not fair. I'm lucky to know him. I don't feel like we were one of the people that were questioning him. I hope not. I hope nobody. I didn't even realize people were slamming him for that. I mean, I'm not on the social media outlets like that, but I didn't know that there was this over, you know, this, 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 this support for the notion that he was, uh, so I think he wasn't coming back and competing with his teammates. I didn't realize people were upset about that. I don't think anybody that really knows basketball or appreciates basketball feel that way. Of course, there are some trolls online that feel that way. I've, I've criticized. I mean, but there were, was there enough of a movement of people like that that this has gotten to where they got to defend him? So. I don't think so. This is where I feel like, and this was, this was my criticism of Kevin Durant. I think he's too sensitive sometimes and hears too much of the criticism, right. let it impact him. And again, this might speak to it. The fact that this is the narrative that they have inside their locker room. Like, I can't believe people were questioning his desire to be back. I would say there were, might have been some people that said, there's no way he's going to play because he just wants to get free agency. He just wants to get out of there. And I I think that is a I, criticism that's probably been I think the, those there. people, I mean. And they probably don't know what they're they, talking yeah, about. Yeah, they missed the mark too. Uh, right. There, there's nobody that's in a situation like that um, that's poured heart and soul into playing with a team for the last few years and has a chance to do something that very few teams have ever done. One other team, I think, the Boston Celtics, which is the 4 P. And would be sitting there not wanting to play because he can't wait to get out of there. Right. You know what I mean? Now, he may have been sitting there weighing out, you know, the, 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 the possibility of, of tearing an Achilles and not being able to be Kevin Durant anymore versus uh, a fourth championship. Like, that's a conversation he may have had with himself, but that's only responsible, yeah. you know, as an athlete to do, right? You're trying to protect your future and end, you know, win now. And there becomes a conversation uh, about, you know, can you do both or, or is one, you know, more important than the other? But I never thought for a second, and I shame on anyone who did, that Kevin Durant was just hanging him up because he couldn't wait to get somewhere else. That's stupid. Right. I think Kevin Durant has not done himself any favors with all the clapping back on social media, creating a burner account to go at fans. Right. Um, you know, he had the shoe with all the people's criticisms of him where he had all those phrases on his shoe. Um, and the Golden State, for them to come out now and say, oh, he's he's misunderstood – they play a part in this too. Like Draymond and him got into an issue. They had an issue. 
Draymond was suspended because of it. Like, it's not always outside. There are some things that happen that people criticize. When uh, Kevin Durant went at Ethan Strauss uh, from The Athletic, I think he, uh, Ethan is worth. Like, that just, to me, sometimes I thought he was a little bit too aggressive with the media. Right. And that's why people started to turn against him on a national landscape. But I think that was his own issue. And I do think maybe that's where... Of course, his own teammates, you would hope they would love him. And I think they do love him and appreciate him and enjoy playing with him more than some from the outside assume. I've never heard that Kevin Durant is a bad dude. Right. From anybody that's played with Kevin Durant. And there, there are guys that you, you ask around and they'll be like, mm, yeah, yeah not, nah, I don't really love Danny. Like Danny, door Danny can be, you know, a handful or, or whatever they, they would right. say. I've never heard one person speak ill about Kevin Durant. I, I believe Kevin Durant to be a really good teammate. I've said this before about athletes. When you're dealing with the media, I've, I always took this approach. You're not beating them. The narrative that they want to get out there, unless you're LeBron, where you're, you're, <laughs> you've got your own production company, yep. and you're going to create your own platform where you can get up there and people can consume it to the degree to which they consume his show. You're not out. You're not going to. You're not going to get the narrative out there. Like Stephen A. Smith, for example, um, or 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 any of these major NBA writers. Their narrative is the one that people are going to go with. It's not yours. You can't get it out there enough if you're Kevin Durant or Draymond Green or Danny Cannell or Cam Newton. The, the, there's no good uh, scenario which which com- being combative uh, with them would produce. It, it, you need to have a working relationship with these dudes. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. not saying that you have to be kissing butt or anything like that, but right. it has to be a hand-in-hand relationship. If you're going to get combative with them and you rub them the wrong way, they don't give you the benefit of the doubt. You know, that is to some degree on you if the narrative becomes that you're, you're, you're tough to deal with. And that's the narrative that I think Bob Myers is trying to squash, saying, Hey, there is this narrative of him that he's not likable, that he is abrasive or whatever it might be because of his dealings with the media. And he's saying that's not, but he, but he's abrasive with the media. Right. And that's one thing, but he might not be like that behind closed doors, like he as a human being, as, as a, as a friend, but with the media he is. And that's, you know, that I think that's fair. People see his abrasiveness with the media. But what people have to understand, again, and this goes back to what we talked about yesterday, is there's Kevin Durant, the basketball player, who has to do all of these things to check the boxes for his job. Whether you think you know he should be happy to do it or love to do it or not, that's besides the point. Sometimes you don't feel like doing it, and sometimes you don't love what's happening to you. But you still got to do it. Right. So that guy might be abrasive with the media. He's also a human being, right? And his interactions with like his friends and his family and the people that love him on his team and stuff like that don't... You know, they're not reflected necessarily in his reaction or interaction with media. Right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. (laughs) Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Uh, Mark Cuban has weighed in on the Kevin Durant injury. He went out there uh, and took a unique approach to it. And I think it's 
sage advice yeah. from somebody who's had a lot of success in the business world and as an owner. Uh, the takeaway from last night's finals game should be that the NBA and the Players Association invest in research into diagnostic tools that allow for proactive analysis of tendons and ligaments so that we can preempt the devastating injuries uh, that KD suffered, Boogie Cousins, he, uh, uh, Christoph Porzingis, other ones. Uh, he listed a few players. Matthews. Yeah. Who's Jay Barrier PR? I don't know. That's what AJ, I was Oh, Jay, uh, JJ Barea tore his, uh, Achilles? That's it JJ Barea. Well, didn't, didn't Porzingis tear his ACL or was that an Achilles too? I don't know. It could have been a lot of these injuries. Yeah. And so many others have experienced. The reality of sports medicine is that it's still much art as science. However, technology is turning a corner. We can accelerate the advances through investment. Teams are investing anecdotally where we can. Um, yeah, I think, duh. Like, this is good <laughs> advice. But, of course, why wouldn't you try to be pushing the envelope, which I think uh, you were always doing. I don't know. I, I called my dad yesterday because I was asking him. I was trying to get my dad, who was team doctor yeah. for the you know, Dolphins for a long time. I was trying to get a feel for him. Like, who who was at fault? Were the... Golden State Warriors at fault, like what happened there. Um, and then yesterday I actually talked with David Chow, Dr. David Chow, who was a long time. He's a, uh, does a lot of stuff on Twitter analyzing sports injuries. Right. And both of them kind of said the same thing. It is, and it was funny that Cuban said this. It is a lot of art. It's not just science. It's not like with a, a broken tibia where you see it and it's broken and you have to wait until it heals. You can put rods in there. It heals back together. Right. And then you're like, okay, now we're good. There is some leeway in there where there's risk involved. And so we had the conversation yesterday about the question that you asked doctors, can I hurt it worse? Right. And both my dad and Dr. Chow both said the same thing. They're like, you can always give that advice. I don't think you'll hurt it worse, but you can never say with absolute confidence, there is no way you'll hurt it worse. Well, for me, I thought that was... You know, what I took away from Steve Kerr's pregame saying that the doctors told him he couldn't hurt it worse, that you've made a mistake if you're a doctor and that came out of your mouth. Right. That, that, and I'm not a doctor, but I'm glad you just confirmed that. Um, with any kind of partial tear or something, it, it, you, you should never let that come out of your mouth that you can't hurt it worse. And if you're a player, you know, that, that should, when, when a doctor says that, that should be a red flag for you. You should be like, mm, it's already right. partially torn and you're telling me it can't tear more like that. I mean, just as a player, I'd be, I'd be all over that. I'd be like, bro, I don't think you're giving me real sage Right. Advice. You know, what's going to be interesting is whenever Kevin Durant, and maybe it doesn't happen for a while, but when he talks to the media, yeah. the questions that he's going to get, and maybe that's why he doesn't address them, but I'm curious to hear what he was told, what he thinks about all of this. Is he, is he upset? Like all of these things I want to hear from him. Somebody in Golden State ducked up yeah they messed that up yep and i you know again i'm not saying it was all golden state kevin durant's team may have taken some of that information and 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 made a decision based out on pressure i don't know but someone in that they really messed up and you saw it on their faces for me i know it was a human there was a human element to 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 feeling for kd and the severity of the situation but some of those faces looked like scared for my my livelihood faces like oh my god we really dropped the ball on this one do you yep. know what i mean and so that, that will be interesting to see who who, who actually did it kevin durant's mom wanda was on good morning america this morning and she also confirmed that she told that the doctors told him he couldn't hurt it worse yeah, so well. that's a scary spot to be in for sure uh rich paul uh super agent lebron's agent agent to a lot of guys anthony davis included was featured in sports illustrated mm -hmm. He had some interesting quotes on Anthony Davis' situation. So first of all, he addressed the Celtics. He said, the Celtics can trade for him, but it will be for one year. 
I mean, if the Celtics traded for Anthony Davis, we would go there and we would abide by our contractual obligations and we would go into free agency in 2020. I've stated that to them, but in the event that he decides to walk away and you give away assets, don't blame Rich Paul. Uh, Ooh, third yeah. person, baby. Uh, yeah, 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 you know, you're, so you, know rich. you got it like that yeah. if you can refer, for, refer to yourself in the third person. Again, he reiterates it again saying, Where is he going to land? I have no idea, and it don't matter. We're going into free agency. Why does it matter to me where he goes? Earth, we're going to free agency. All caps. I can't say it bigger. We are going into free agency 2020. Anthony Davis will be a free agent. Um, He's going to be a free agent. Anthony Davis apparently is going to be a free agent. Um, Is that hurting his stock at all? uh, No. Because any team would take the one-year opportunity to make a run for a championship. This is why I'm asking you. One team, the Celtics, they're not, the Lakers. They're not, they're not. A guy like this is going where he wants to go for the most part. Right. You know, you're not, to get him, you're going to have to give up so much that if he doesn't want to be there and he's telling you you're the Celtics, don't do it. If you do it, don't blame me. Like sometimes you got to take somebody at their word. You don't take, don't go get him. Right. Because he's not, he doesn't want to be there and you'll rent him for a year. And there's no guarantee that that's a championship with him there. Like I, I so do you think that's the message that he's sending? Because that was my initial yes, punch. That's with, what hey, he's saying. Don't trade for us. We we don't want to be in Boston. Really? That, yeah, that's exactly. No, what no, we, no, it does sound do like not that. trade for us. Yeah. Uh, then it'll be interesting to see if the Celtics back off and say, "All right, we we don't want that one." They're year trying to angle. I don't know exactly where they want to be. I would imagine, you know, it sounds like L.A. Right? Want, yeah, there may be another team or two. I don't know, but what he is telling you, he don't want to play in Boston. <laughs> it does. It yeah. sure does sound like that. Um, he goes on. He was talking about the situation with the Lakers when the trade rumors started to come around. When Anthony Davis said he did not want to play in New Orleans anymore. So he had Paul, uh, Rich Paul admitted that the situation got out of hand. Would I have wanted things to be handled a little bit better? Absolutely. But then he goes on to dump all the blame on then Pell's GM, Del Demps, because Paul insists his plan wasn't to go public. He says that he first informed Del Demps on January 25th of Davis's intentions, and Demps responded that he'd confer with Benson, the owner, and get mm-hmm. back to him. Demps did not respond to multiple requests for comment. Instead, Paul says, Demps called Davis himself and never got back to Paul. Meanwhile, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski had contacted him, Paul says, to confirm Davis's demands. Then all of a sudden it goes public. Then it was really an awkward situation. That's when it becomes, hey, are you going to play him? Are you going to manage his minutes? That's when he's taken out of the video, the hype video before game. Yeah. It got really uncomfortable for a lot of people, everyone. Um, what do you do with this one? Like, are you upset? Do you think Dell Demps did the wrong thing? Do you think he tried? Because you really are at the mercy of the player at that point. And the player says he doesn't want to play. And he, I feel kind of, yeah, I'd almost oh. feel a little bit disgruntled as Dell Demps being like, hey, I'm going to do whatever I can to get some leverage back on from my standpoint. Yeah, this, this just, I mean, this is the, the definition of a, of a, of a non-working relationship between an executive, a player and his agent, right? You, what you'd like to have is a working relationship where everyone is trying to achieve what's best, you know, for the player and the club and we're going to work hand in hand by doing that. So even if there's a trade that's requested, the agent doesn't cut out the club's legs from under them and take away all their leverage. And you know what I mean? You, you want everyone to kind of get what they want and just, you need to work together sometimes to facilitate that. This one got ugly and no one got what they wanted, right? Like yep. everyone got screwed. So, you know, I think it's a lesson. It doesn't too many of these things. I, what I learned with Griff is, is, 
you know, David Griffin with, with New Orleans is you, you, like you have to have, it's a relationship business, right? So you have to, you have to have relationships. Now you're not going to get fleeced, right? I don't want you to right. take advantage of me, but to some degree we got to work together to make some of this stuff happen. Even if it means, you know, you don't want to be with me anymore and you need to go somewhere else. Well, maybe we need to work together to make that happen. Let's not make it, let's not air all of our dirty laundry in the public. You know what I mean? Where nobody's got any leverage in the situation. Do you think Dell Depps was out of line? Cause Rich Paul took issue with this. Uh, he wanted to keep it private. He said, Hey, let, uh, Dell Depps responded. Let me talk to ownership instead of talking to the ownership. Dell Depps called Anthony Davis directly. And then Rich Paul said, that's called being ignored. That's a no-no. Every GM knows that when you're trying to get between a player and his agent. I have a friend that used to work with the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, he worked with them when Dell Demps was there. There was a feeling that Anthony Davis wasn't running his own stuff, so to speak. Um, there's a dad that's heavily involved. Rich Paul's heavily involved. And maybe that was Dell's attempt to say, you know, hey, bro, I just want to know from you, is this the way you feel? Or is, you know what I mean? And if you're one of the guys that is running Anthony Davis, you would not like him doing that, right? Cause that's going behind your back. But that was their sense. And I've, I've been told that by a guy who was really close to the situation maybe three years ago or so. So, you know, I, reading the tea leaves, it looks like Dell was like, man, I got, look, I got your dad over here. I got your agent over here, but I haven't heard from you. Like what, you know, and I do believe that there should be some kind of relationship between the actual player on the team and the front office. Now, clearly Rich Paul didn't like him going over his head with that, but I don't think it's outside the, like the norm for a, a general manager to want to talk with a player. I had plenty of conversations at, at David Griffin's, you know, request with, either Kyrie or Kevin Love or LeBron James face to face, not through Rich Paul or not through Kyrie, Jeff, Jeff Wexler, who was Kyrie's guy. You know, I spoke to them too when I needed to, but mostly it was directly to the player. So I don't think that's a foreign thing. Um, but their relationship was already bad. It looks like, you know, it, it was already absolutely was bad. I'm glad you said that because I didn't think it was that big of an issue. And I was curious to hear from your standpoint, having been in these circles on both sides of it in the NBA where I would go straight to the source. Like if there's, there's different people telling you what somebody thinks. I'd rather just go to that person, especially when he's right down the hall, probably right down in the locker room. Right. Like, let me ask him what he thinks. And if he wants to be traded, that's great. You know what? You it's, know? A, it's a player. You know. a, a player says it. When I was in a sticky situation or if there was ever a situation with management, management would come and we talk. You have relationships with these guys. I would say, hey, man, you know, talk to Herb about that. Like, you know, I'd talk to my agent. Yeah. And that would be on me to tell him to do that. But, I, you know, we talk to... To, to general managers and stuff all the time. Yeah. So uh, in any case, we'll keep you uh, updated as Anthony Davis, the trade rumors, speculation are all only going to ramp up as we get closer to free agency. All right, we're going to take a break. Hard Knocks is one of my favorite shows on HBO. I think they hit an absolute home run with the team they're going to feature. We'll tell you who that is next on Canel and Bell. All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell. Uh, HBO announced who they are going to have on Hard Knocks this season. It's one of my favorite shows on TV. Full disclosure, the first three or four seasons of Hard Knocks, yep. when I was cut, like my last, I couldn't watch. Yeah, that's, yep. Because it was painful. It was hard. It made me miss training camp because there's a lot of fun that takes place. It brought, it like opened wounds when sure. I'd watch the scenes when guys get cut and they have to come into the office. So I didn't watch it. And I've, Missed out on some really good stuff, but in the past decade, like I've gotten back into it, and I think it's really an interesting glimpse behind 
the door. Like, but you get to see what actually transpires and you get to learn about some of these guys. You hear some of the terminology. You see the cutthroat part of the business, but you also get introduced to personalities who you never really knew existed. Like last year was Devin Kajust, the tight end who had the crystals and, you know, was trying to make the team and his dad had a heart attack and nobody ever, he didn't even end up making the team. But he like became a character on the show, right? You don't remember the crystals? I don't watch out it. There, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't watch it. You don't watch Hard Knocks? I mean, not religiously. I'm oh, like, this year I, you're I, watching it religiously. It. Yeah, well, because one, it's the, a good show. This one, it's a great team to watch. The one, the one clip I remember was uh, when they had it with the Dolphins. Yes, and they were trading. Um, what's the little cornerback's name? Um, they were trading it. That was the same year that Chad Ochocinco was in it, right? And he yeah. Had to go into the office. And Dude and said cut. he had to call his grandma. It was, yeah. it was, it was really. It's tough. Like he was a bless your heart. I forget his name, but right. anyway, he was, <laughs> right. it was, fa- it was funny. It was funny to watch. So this year, uh, the drama will be at an all time high because they have the Oakland Raiders yep. and the Oakland Raiders always been a very brash franchise this year. They've, so they've got John Gruden who coming from the TV business for a decade. I think people are going to be it astounded. Davis. It was Vontae Davis. It was Vontae Davis. All right. It was a phenomenal clip. Right, Go look sure. it up. <laughs> I will have to watch it. Uh, that might have been one of the ones I wasn't watching because I was upset about it. Fantastic. Um, so John Gruden, I think what people will be shocked, I was always super impressed, maybe more so than any other anything else I've seen anybody accomplish in television. John Gruden likes to use the F word. Yeah. Oh, right. Like like a conjunction or like just as an, any other word, like the it. It just comes out all the time. You are like that. So you are actually very talented because you can stop it for the most part. Even right. on here, maybe a couple times at the last. <laughs> John Gruden, when he was on Monday Night Football, you would have never known that. Like he just seamlessly went from there. Yeah. And yet I'm telling you, it is one of the most common words in his vocabulary. Phenomenal. I think being on HBO, I think he will let those fly. And I think people right. will be like, hold on a second. This wasn't the guy <laughs> we had on Monday Night Football. And he's pretty funny. Like he'll chew dudes out. Right. But it's in a funny way. You know, like what's think it's entertaining i think that's one you got antonio brown one of the most polarizing guys this past off season yeah uh you got the richie incognito oh, that's gonna be great who's trying to make a comeback the guy's as crazy as it gets yep, I, mike mayock mike mayock, mayock i yeah, forgot about yeah. him being in tv as yeah. well so you'll get to see him evaluating players behind the scenes it's gonna be must must watch television yeah i might tune in uh I'll no tune you know in. what you're going to tune in i definitely what am we're gonna do. okay well, what are we going to do not only are we going to discuss it on the show we're going to do a podcast only special on hard knocks this call i just make it live coca yeah. doesn't even know that debo right. doesn't even know that but we're going to do a hard knocks special we might even have to do a viewing party where we watch it together yeah, I don't know if you can guarantee that, that Sunday no, night. Come on, man. We could have some fun. There are so uh, many shows that are on Sunday night. The Shy is back on. That's true. Like, I can't, I can't commit to watching that. I will definitely DVR that. But we'll have to do we'll a check show. it out. We'll do a show. We're going to we'll do, do an up, uh, podcast for sure. But it's going to be awesome. Ronald Ollie. Remember Last Chance You, the first yeah. season of Last Chance yeah, You? Yeah, totally. Remember the sweetheart defensive yeah, lineman dude. who's yeah. funny, great smile, yep. great laugh. He overcomes all the odds. And, you know, he's on the Raiders. Is it really? All right. If, if they're not featuring him, I don't know what they're thinking. Like they've got to feature him as one of those, uh, that'll be on there. As far as I know, um, I've been letting know that I won't be getting a contract extension. Uh, so yeah. This year, all? this year. I will not be getting a contract extension this year. Y'all take it. Uh, <laughs> however y'all may want to take that. All right, my man Jalen Ramsey has never held back. He's never been afraid to speak his mind. It's probably a little bit unique where a guy himself would come out. Usually, 
you know, Adam Schefter reports they're not picking it up. He comes out, breaks the news. It wasn't so much his comments as much as his tweet afterwards where he took to Twitter and said, I'm going to ask for so much money they have to put me on layaway, <laughs> which was a quote from Deion Sanders, which was hilarious and it was good, and he probably will ask that from the Jaguars. To me, knowing Tom Coughlin, who runs this organization, as good as Jalen Ramsey is. They're going to let that boy walk? I think they are, which I think yeah. is stupid. I think he's an incredible player. Um here is some of his the other highest paid quarterbacks. Yes, it would be expensive if you put him up in that Josh Norman, Patrick Peterson category, but that's the that's where he should be paid. Um, I don't know. I, it's just I think they're kind of over it. Even Doug Marone, like everyone there in the Jaguars organization, is old school mentality, which I think you can sometimes hurt yourself if you don't evolve and realize today's players like to be a little bit more brash, especially at his position. How does the franchise tag work at the end of his, at the end? So he's got 13 and, and a half roughly in 2020. This year, because they picked up the option. Because of his rookie deal, you get him. That's why teams jump up into, uh, the first round, because then you have that fifth year option on their rookie contract. So that's right. what they're saying is that they're going to pick up the fifth year option on his contract. All right. Um, it's, to me, this speaks more about their distaste for Jalen Ramsey than anything. Because I think if he's on any other team, or if or if he hadn't have been outspoken, locked up, he's locked up, and yep. you're going to secure him. You're going to secure the bag, so to speak, if you're his case. Right. And I'm I'm a little bit bummed because I think he's an incredible player uh, that could really help this organization. I do think he goes over the top sometimes, like when he was with GQ last year and shredded almost every quarterback across the league. I was like, uh oh. You better watch out. And then when the Jaguars Jaguars aren't as good defensively last year, right? He's going to shoulder some of that blame, even though he was fine. It was mostly the rest of the defense. Tom Coughlin, they're 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 in conflict, right? Like yeah, you, you, Tom Coughlin personality, is personality wise, wise, wise. like that's what and that happens sometimes, man. Like he, but there's undeni- you you can't deny the talent and the 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 yeah. ability of the player, right? But sometimes it doesn't work personally, and it's best for everybody if you just keep it moving. Yeah, for sure. So uh, it'll be interesting to see as that unfolds, and I guarantee this won't be the last. That you'll hear from Jalen Ramsey, uh, Jalen Ramsey on this situation. Uh, the Texans, Houston Texans had an interesting, um, firing that took place last week. They fired their GM, Brian Gain, on Friday after about 18 months that he's been there. Pretty quick decision, a rash decision, in my opinion, from the Houston Texans. They weren't too thrilled with some of the moves they made in free agency or lack thereof. They got beat on some offensive linemen in the draft uh, where they were taken right before them, so they fire Brian Gain. Full disclosure, he was signed to a five-year contract. Eesh. Brian Gain, his locker was next to mine my rookie year with the – Oh, Georgia. word? Yeah. He was like a walk-on tight – like not a walk-on, a free agent, like undrafted tight end. Okay. Same year as mine. Right. Um, I kind of have an affinity toward him. When I was out of the league, I sent out letters to 32 teams. Yeah. I was like, hey, I need a job. Sent him tape. Can I get a workout? Right. Anything. I didn't hear back from a lot of them. In fact, the Minnesota Vikings did send me a letter back and it said, thanks for your interest in our coaching staff, <laughs> but we're not. And I was trying to play. <laughs> that <laughs> kind of hurt. Like right, that one right, a right, right. <laughs> But Brian Gain was, uh, on the Dolphins as an assistant GM. Right. He saw the letter, sent me an email, said, Hey, I don't even know if you remember me. Right. But you were pretty nice to me as a rookie. So I wanted to be, you want to make sure you know, we'll keep you in mind. Like yeah. we're not going to sign you, but like I thought it was yeah, cool. Sure, like sure. it was kind of cool. Uh, I thought it was a rash decision from them, but that's besides the point now is he's been fired and probably too fast. But Jadavion Clowney, now you're having reports, speaking of the dysfunction to the overall situation, uh, will not show up to minicamp now. This is, uh, this is 
not the OTAs that are voluntary. This is real stuff. This is the mandatory minicamp. This is the start of the Le'Veon Bell stuff where exactly. dudes aren't around. Right. Exactly. Uh, he was franchise tagged in March. He was set to make roughly, uh, he is set to make roughly 16 million, but he wants a longer term deal, which every NFL player does. Uh, and so now you're running into an issue and now people are starting to say there was zero progress made with this because Brian Game wasn't getting anything done. That's why he was fired. But now you've got a situation where one of your stud defensive linemen is not happy and he's not in camp, which begs a bigger question. Well, I mean, whether you like Brian Gain or not. Right. I, they went down the laundry list of things that either didn't take place or um, negatively did take place. If you're not getting that job done, you got to go. Um, and in terms of Jadavion Clowney, this is bigger picture. Yep. They and and Coco was talking about it off. Like they just have to get rid of the the franchise tag, right? Their CBA is up. Like yep. those players have to dig in. You know, I know they're they're you know sixteen versus like more games and getting rid of preseason. There's a lot of things on the table, but this franchise tag is the source of a whole lot of conversations between you and I on the air. It's right. It needs to go somewhere. It does. It it makes no sense. This is where the players again. I feel like they get fleeced every single time. There's a new CBA. This is one that essentially buys the team another year. And yes, it's a lot like the way you determine the rate, the, the, the franchise tag, the number that you're going to make. It's a lot of money for one, one year. One year, right. So you basically get a freebie and you don't have to pay the player over the long term. Yeah. And that's what every play, every player wants to try to get from their rookie contract to where they can actually have some security sure. long term. And it's a dangerous sport. You don't have to worry about getting injured every time. When they roll that, essentially worried that they, they, they buried that aside and the owners get the free pass. Right. When they roll that proposal out, what, what are you, what are you proposing is a positive in the franchise deal for a player? I, I can see the benefit for the team. What would the positive be for the player? That's what I don't know. At the time it was sold as, well, it's a win-win for everybody because okay. you'll get paid in the top five of your position. So if you were Jadavion Clowney... That only works for someone who may not otherwise get paid in the top five of their position, right? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Uh, and there's really only been one person who really took advantage of the franchise tag successfully, and it was Kirk Cousins. who, But he had to do it, three. I think it was three years in a row. It was definitely two years in a row. Right. And he took it with extreme risk on his own body. Right. You know, by... He took the risk. Well, absolutely. Okay, if I get hurt, or right. I, you know, you have to bet on yourself for another year. So I totally agree. It's something that the NFL and the Players Association specifically have to look at and try to address moving forward, or else you're going to keep well, seeing guys sit out and saying, hold on, I'm not signing. I'm not going to play. And you'll have more and more situations like Davion Clowney and Aaron Donald. You really uh, think the NFL – I don't think the NFL would has to do anything. The NFL – there have right. been enough the cases. Players of have people, to force the hand. The players have to do that. And the should. NFL is sitting there looking at there's only been one dude who refused to play. Right. Uh, if that, if that's all, <laughs> like, I'm good with that. Like, right. If I'm the NFL, do you know what I mean? Right. But more players are disgruntled. They're not happy. They need to speak up and right. get on the same page and get collective. All right. Welcome back to Canal and Bell. Real quick, before we get to the U.S. Open, Coke is going to be mad at me for sidetracking us a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, I heard of an occupation that I had never heard about yesterday. A judgment expert. Judgment expert. Yeah. Dabo Sweeney made some comments that were making the rounds in the college football world. Right. He made a bad joke, tied in Osama bin Laden, called himself uh, Osama bin Dabo. Uh, it was a stupid joke, uh, right? So he was getting shredded all across there. Uh, so there was a radio show that had this expert weigh in, yeah. and he was a judgment expert. 
like whether you everything played you good judge. judgment yeah, or bad like, judgment, or he's the judge of whether it's acceptable <laughs> or not. I'm not understanding. He's the he's the one that tells you whether you made good judgment or not in your decisions. Right. I think. Right. What I did he What did he say regarding? I don't know because he blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> that's how, that's his worst judgment ever. Is he blocks me on Twitter? I went up to look up the guy. Yeah. To find out who this Smith Meyer dude was. Wow, I don't even wow. know. Blocked. No one blocks me. Actually, a lot of people lot block of people. me out there. Uh, all right. The bro, uh, the U.S. Open is taking place. Yeah. I love the fact Tiger tees off tomorrow at 5.04 p.m. Oh, that means oh. in prime time, right up till yeah. about 10 o'clock, yeah, watch that. you can watch golf all night long. I love it, uh, because it's on the West Coast. Um, I am not picking Tiger Woods. I am picking somebody else who I have egregiously omitted out of every other conversation. And that is one Brooks Kepka. The dude goes out. All he is is winning. He's winning at a clip like Tiger did during his heyday, and yet he still gets overlooked. Did you see his latest thing that he was ticked off about? Are you just picking Brooke because he gave you shoes, dude? No, no, I'm not. I'm picking him because he's won half of the majors of the last uh, four of the last eight. Oh, well, you're bandwagoning him then. Did you see what happened yesterday, though, for real? No. So he was out there, and he was doing his opening media uh, presser, and... Fox is covering the U.S. Open. Right. So they have a promo that runs all across Fox's stations. So they had Tiger on there. They had JT on. Like They had a lot of other golfers on there. No Brooks. No Brooks. Who won the last two U.S. Opens. He's going for a three-peat. three-peat, no Brooks. And they didn't even feature him on the promo. And he called him out. He said somebody should be fired. Really? Oh, he's hot. See what I like about this? Did he say it jokingly or did he – was he – was he – you know how he is? Like he's hard to, like he's hard to get a vibe on. He's, so he's kind of joking, but motivated. he's got that chip on motivated. his shoulder, which keeps growing bigger and bigger, even though he keeps winning. He also did a hilarious bit with, um, Joe Buck. Yeah. Because the la- when he won at Aaron Hills, I don't know if you remember this, when he won the U.S. Open, he was coming down uh, off the 18th green and Joe Buck said, and that's his girlfriend, so and so. And it was his ex-girlfriend, and he was with a new girl, who actually is Jenna Sims, who he's with now. Right. Oh, so he called their ex-girlfriend's name. He had the wrong name. And oh. Joe Buck felt awful about it. Like, yeah. it's been a joke. So right. yesterday at the range, Joe Buck is doing a little selfie video. Right. And he's like, oh, you never know who you'll run out to. And then here, Brooks Kepka comes up to Joe Buck. Yeah. And he says, oh, good to see you, Jim. Like, it <laughs> totally made fun right, of it, right, which right. was awesome. It was fantastic. Uh, so Brooks Kepka, eight to one. Uh, is my pick to win the uh, U.S. Open. It's Who's hard yours? to pick against Brooke, right? I, I mean, Brooks, Brooks, yep. Brooks, because I know what he. Oh, you better. That's going to be his chip know, on right? the shoulder. You don't know his name. My bad, Jim. <laughs> um, but I'm going with Tiger. I'm going to take Tiger. I look. I this is part fanboy, right? Like, because I want him to do it. Yep. Um, but I do think there's some history there, and we saw that video with the course. Who was it? Was it Patrick Cantlay that was yep. dropping the ball down into that nasty stuff? And I think some of these young players. One of my things with Tiger. And I've said this to people like when I'm watching him is I feel like this younger generation of golfer are really aggressive pin seeking dudes. Mm-hmm. It's the way they play. Like they just let it all hang out all the time. They don't really plot their way around a golf course like, like some of those that generation before them did. And I think, um, this course is going to make them pay for that, right? Like that rough is up high. It's not super long. So yep. like the bombers, like that driver advantage is kind of out of there. And I think Tiger better than anybody. Is able to kind of pick his way around a golf course, know where he wants to be, know where he'd like to miss, and has patience to do it because he's not always. It's so one of my beefs with him is, is, is 
today is that he doesn't go as low as some of these guys goes because he's not shooting at the pins all the time. Yep. I think it will, he'll be rewarded for that, uh, this weekend. He does. He has an incredible patience to kind of, cause he knows he's so good. He knows eventually. And it's kind of the Brooks Kepka mindset is if I just do my thing, I'll be there Sunday. Right. And he doesn't press too much. He'll be there. And I think he actually had a really strong performance Sunday at the Memorial, oh, yeah. which brings him some confidence. You have his performances there in the past where he had the 15 stroke victory, which in your mind, that helps you see things great. Sure. Like you have that good vibe there, which is why I think he could have a strong performance too. But I'm going to go with Kepka and probably I'll take some long shots, some guys. Maybe we'll get those tomorrow. Uh, shoe showdown. Neither one of us prepped. So this is one of a, what are you wearing today? Who's got more heat on their feet? All right. Who's I got more heat? That. Yeah, I do. I, I don't, but I'll say I do. Uh, I just went with a pair of uh, Stan Smiths. I, they, you know, basic cable. Uh, yeah. Adidas. I mean, all solid blue. with so, the blue. Yeah. I, I, I feel bad. This is not, right. Yeah, but no, you just shouldn't feel bad because I think they're pretty strong. I have some Vans here. Now, Vans is a collab with with uh, NASA. These are kind of sweet. Show the front of them, bro. You're not getting the front. What, the front are kind of tight, right? Yeah. yeah. Sweet there. And these are what? game worn in a national championship uh, game. I don't even think this one's close. And these. This isn't even close. Yeah, good Patches. job to not even highlight the grass stains on them. Stuff. Yeah. They have grass stains from the national championship. Game. <laughs> True story. I'll.